Blog Talk Radio. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our heads in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve, you deserve the glory and the
faithful God. Awesome is your name. You do mighty things. <laughs> you do glory. You're a faithful God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name, you want to declare it. Your name, your name, your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are a miracle working God. Miracle working God. Your name, your name, your name, your name, your name. Thank you, Lord. 
He is worthy to be in praise. He is so awesome. He is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've been having a call this week. Amen. I've been coughing, and I I didn't think I I would be able to come on tonight. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But uh, thank you, Jesus. I hope that I can probably come on and and share it and and be on, you know, being in heaven this morning. And and, uh, hallelujah to being in the arm of God. I was holding on to God's arm this morning in heaven crying for the things going on down here. I'm looking down from the throne of Father, down to the earth and seeing the things going on. I said, Father, that you see all the other evil going on down there. And I was crying, crying, and I was able to hold on to his arm of love, grace, and mercy. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I thank I thank the Lord for that because it's it, it's only through Christ that we're able to to have this blessing of being coming close to God through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice on the cross. There were things the Lord says to me this morning that I would like to share tonight. Thank you, Lord. Jesus spoke to me uh, a few times and said things that are really important that we hear that I believe will bless our lives. Every word that proceeds out of his mouth is life. Amen. It's eternal life. And he says he is eternal life. And uh, when we when we come to him, when he's in us, we have enough eternal life. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And, and he makes us perfect. He makes us perfect. Hallelujah. And when we are manifested in heaven above, we will be perfect, he says. And he show me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. The the, the last thing that we, 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 we as people, don't, we don't want to say that we're perfect. But Jesus said that he will make us perfect. He makes us perfect. He is perfect. He doesn't make a mistake. And he is in us. He lives in us. The only the only mistake we make is of the flesh. But when we walk in the spirit, not according to the flesh, my brother and sister. That's why, you know, when you read Romans 8, what Paul says to the Romans, he says, for therefore, no, now, 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 because this this began when you began to walk with the Lord. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, from that very moment, you began to walk with the Lord. You began to walk in the Spirit, and this is Paul says. This, therefore, now. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Hallelujah. In Christ, hallelujah. As long as we walk in the Spirit, in Christ, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. 
It's a spirit that dwells in you and I when we see Christ as our Lord and Savior. Shalom, Sister Wendy. Welcome, early, the Lord's servants. Hallelujah. Shalom, Sister Tani. Amen. As, as Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. I apologize. I'm taking advantage that I'm not coughing now to sharing the word before if I begin to cough, then amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God we serve. What a great God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help me to remember everything you share with me, Lord, for your, for your people. Thank you, Lord. Now, thank you, Yeshua. The Lord showed me the rapture departure of the bride of Christ. Thank you, Lord. And it was beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. It was beautiful. The rapture departure of the bride of Christ is beautiful. It is awesome. It is, it is, um, I apologize, the schools are calling it is a beautiful event that is about to happen. The Lord Jesus used the He uses the same word about to happen. Amen. Because I, I had a question for him. Thank you, Lord. And and in prayer petition. And we're praying, we're asking him. I wanted to hear from him, staying in my overnight prayer. I'm in prayer, and I'm asking him. I heard him speak back to me. Thank you, Lord. The things he has said to me, amen. And and I keep asking. I keep requesting. I keep, I keep interceding. There are people we're praying for, people that are sick, people that need prayer. We're praying for other people who need a family to be in safe, who have requested salvation for the children. Uh, most everyone who support the program, support our ministry, have prayer requests for the children, whether even they send in the donation, however it is, they request. And, and you know, we don't, we don't take anyone for granted. Every prayer request I brought before the Lord. Even if I don't remember their names of the children, it doesn't matter. The Lord knows them very well. And he doesn't forget them. He remembers them. Thank you, Lord. So I was reminding the Lord. I keep reminding the Lord in my overnight prayer about the prayer request. Amen. And I know he had answered hundreds, maybe I know thousands of them have been answered. But there are still a few that have not been answered out of thousands, my brother and sister. And so we got to continue to intercede. Amen. Even even thank you, Lord. We 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 are we, we, we have received message letter from people of the prayer request being answered. Amen. Praise you, Lord. But there's always more people coming in and requesting more prayer. So it doesn't matter how it is. Thank you, Lord. We keep asking the Lord. He is the King of King. He is the Lord of Lord. He can answer prayer beyond our understanding. Beyond our ability and power, he can do all things. All we have to do is believe. Believe is what he's calling us to do. The Lord began to explain something to me in heaven this morning. And the Lord, I was bringing before him some other prayer requests. As he brought me before him, he began to remind me of 
are some of the prayer requests. Thank you, Lord. And let, let me read uh, in the Bible here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew thirteen forty four. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a, unto a treasure head in the field, or hid in the field, which a man has found. He hid it. And for the joy thereof, he goes and sells it, all that he had, and buys the field. Sure, he, he understands the importance of, of, of heaven, because this is about the kingdom of heaven. And, and wow. And, and, you know, Abraham buys the land for his children. And in the land of Canaan, the land of Jerusalem, and that land is below, belongs to the Lord. So for sure, Abraham understood like this bit, which I, I we can say this being is also Abraham. He understands this treasure that is hidden in that land, and he goes and buys the field. And with God, as long as you understand what God is saying to you, as long as you understand this treasure of salvation that you and I have, that it cost Jesus his life on the cross, how important it is that we should be repenting daily, seeking the Lord every day, committing our life to him every day, making sure we are presenting our day as the angel will go before God in the book of Joel. It was a custom, it was an everyday thing to come and present themselves before God. And so came Satan, the Bible says. And God said, for where thou cometh. In other words, I know my children, and you're not one of them anymore. Okay, where you think you're going, buddy? Friend, where you think you're going? I don't even think he called him Frank because he called him his enemy. So what I'm saying is, my brother and sisters, God knows each and one of us. And whatever's in your heart daily, that's what's important to you and I. If your treasure is in heaven, your heart is in heaven. But if it's on this earth, that's what God is trying to get your attention and my attention. Listen, your heart should be in heaven, not on the earth. Like you've been going, you've been doing so, so far. If your treasure is in heaven, your heart is in heaven. And then all you look forward to is being with God, spending time with God, seeking God, committing your life to him. Because that's what really matters to you. That's what this parable of the treasure is about. The main buys the field. Because the man understand the importance of the land. He wanted to be close with God. And if your heart is with God, you, it's because you want to be close with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for those that are praying. Hallelujah. The prayer of the righteous availing much. Hallelujah. Again, verse 45. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. And that pearls are you and I before God. 
We are pearl. We're like diamonds before him. Some of us unshaped diamonds. Oh, diamonds in the process of being shaped. But we are diamonds. We are diamonds in the Lord's hand. And he knows what to do with us. All he wants us is to submit to him. Submit to his will. Seek the kingdom of heaven first, he says. And every other thing will be added unto you. Hallelujah. But that's when the the kingdom of heaven is your first priority. It's what you really want. Because every day when God looks upon our life is, what do you really want? And by our action in our daily life, our actions speak better than our words. What do you and I do every day that can say we're looking for the kingdom of heaven? We want to be with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. What an awesome God we serve. What a good God. What a great God. Putting God first is putting God above everything that you and I are in him. Above your relationship, your job, your children, this world, everything. Keeping God as he is in your life. King of kings and Lord of lords. Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. Shalom, Brother Michael. God is almighty. And the Lord, when he brings me in to heaven this morning, he began to speak with me. Hallelujah. How we are thinking, how is the Lord going to take us and make us perfect? Because it says a glorious bride without any spot or wrinkle. And immediately we're thinking, well, I don't think that's me, some people are saying. The Lord says to me, I know what you're thinking down there. I know how you feel. He tells me, everything, everyone around you, the church says, bright ass, I know what you're thinking, he says to me. I know how you feel. I know what you talk about. He says, I can hear you. He says to me, when he's thrown. And we forget that we are completely connected with him. One, his spirit is in us. He is in us. And as he starts speaking to me this way, and he starts showing me, showing my life and everybody around me and my brothers and sisters, and it's like, whoa. Everything is disclosed, right? He discloses everything from heaven. What we're thinking, what we're saying, how we're living, how we're walking. We're like, oh, man. There's nothing hidden from him. Nothing is hidden from him. My Lord, my God, have mercy. Hallelujah. But he said he has the power to take us where we are and make us perfect when we come into heaven. And he showed me. He showed me. Hallelujah. He says, look, the rapture is about to happen. He says, 
about to happen. And he showed me the rapture. Under the sun, we were taken from the earth, the bride. I'm standing up there looking at the bride coming in. The bride comes in, Jesus, he raptures the bride, and he takes her and changes her in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. And he makes her perfect, perfect like he, he is. And when she arrives in heaven, she's the most beautiful thing you ever saw. Each one of us there, my Lord, my God. That's why the word glorious. As I'm standing there looking at what the Lord just did and his mighty power, he took each believer going home in the rapture. And in his mighty, mighty power changes everyone. Transfers everyone glorious. Oh, my Lord, she's so beautiful. This is what Havoc is looking to see. This is what he promised. He said he says so much witness looking to see what he said he would do. He will make her glorious. He says without any spattering my brother and sisters. The presenter is a presentation of her, his bride, and his mighty power. And he wanted me to see what he's going to do, what he is about to do. He takes every believer and turns them glorious. Glorious is the word that I would taste in heaven with such a might and glorious lightning and thundering, the display of lightning and light. Oh, my Lord. We don't have that power. We, we, we don't. We're not familiar with such a power. My brother and sister, this is why it's hard for us to understand. It's hard. But every single test and trial that you and I are going through down here is the price that it's what he's using. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What he did on the cross is the ultimate price. But every test and trial that he's putting us through, the end result of it will speak for itself. Whatever you've been going through, 
you're struggling. Why why do you think you've been struggling so much? Because in the moment his power got hold of each one of us. At that very moment, it was like he magnified the trials and testing that we are going through down here. In that very moment, when his power grabbed each and one of us, I began to see that the struggle that we had through the testing and trial, the testing and trial that he's been putting us through, putting us through, going through. And some of us, we can say that in the struggle we have not been faithful through it. But it's not about how faithful we are, it's how faithful he is. We forget, we keep forgetting. It's not about us, it's about him and what he did on the cross for us. And this is why, hallelujah, as long as you keep coming to him, you are more than overcoming him. More, more. And you keep saying, but Lord, I keep failing you. And you keep crying out to him, Lord, help me. I keep failing you this way and that way, Lord. I love you, Jesus. And I just want to be with you, Lord. I just want to serve you, Lord. I want to be part of your kingdom. And the Lord has welcomed you as a child. The Lord has already received you as his child. He knew you before he made this earth. Before he made this earth, he knew you by name. Hallelujah. And chosen you and elected you for his kingdom. Thank you, Lord. And he's showing me this morning in heaven as I'm standing beside him, his mighty power. How he takes each believer and change him instantly into a glorious bride without any spot or wrinkle. My brother insisted to present her, to say, Father, here she is. My Lord, and everyone in heaven marvels of the of her beauty. My brother insisted. Whoa. But you don't see your way you don't see yourself this way. But he's able to. And people have gotten to the point where they're questioning whether Jesus is able to do it. You see what we got to you see what we're getting to a tested trial in difficult time that we're having, we keep questioning our we keep questioning the Lord whether they did he chose me? Am I one of them? And the Lord is listening to us. He was telling me, I'm watching you, I'm listening to you. I can hear you from his throne. He can hear us and he is speaking. And you say, Lord, 
Am I am I am I one of you, Lord? That you have chosen me? And the Lord had let you know how many ways already, speaking to you so many ways that he has already. But you keep asking him the same question. Am I your chosen one? Am I your elected one? When you know the Lord already has said yes, and it's your doubt and your unbelief, the enemy is trying to use doubt and unbelief to get you to doubt and unbelief. But God is not a man that he will lie. Not a son of man, he will repent. He said he had chosen you. He had elected you. He has selected you. Why are you letting the enemy put a doubt in your mind? For you to question God. For you to question him that chosen you. Did he not say, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you? Does he not say that in his word? He chose you before you can confess him as your Lord and Savior. Before anyone can say to you, would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The Lord already chosen you. Your name is in his book in heaven, in the Lamb Book of Life. Your name is there because he has chosen you to be his bride. And now that you have years ago received the Lord, the devil wants you even to doubt who you are in God, whether he elected or chosen you or not. Just because God had you waiting a little on the rapture, the departure, because God said that he will not want anyone to perish, things felt like, wow, the delay. And every year that gone by, and we've been feeling the delay of the rapture, of the departure, of the hard apostle. And then we get, we've been getting desperate. And we've been doing what the Lord said in Matthew 24 for us not to do, to beat up one another. He talked about the servants, my brothers and sisters, okay, that when his master, his master, I'm sorry, they lay his coming. Hallelujah. What did he do? Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I want to read this, this to you. Because this is what we've done. This is what we've done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord. Matthew twenty four forty eight. Listen, please. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord, delay his coming. You know, the true word I've been meditating. Matthew twenty five, the parable of the ten virgin, he calls half of them foolish. But I believe at one time they were the bride of Christ because they, they, they were serving the Lord. What happened in the between was between them and God. If they stop praying, they stop fasting, they stop seeking the Lord, they stop committing their life to him, that was between them and God. But at one time I believe they received the Lord, they were serving the Lord, they knew to have oil in the lamb, but then as time went by they got careless. 
But he had this, this, this brother at one time, not no more. But if this evil servant to say in his heart, you notice that this is personal? He became evil with time because if he want to say to his brother, so he says in his heart, look, he says in his heart, my Lord delay his coming. And in order for him to say so in his heart is because he's been waiting for the rapture and he feels that it's taking so long, he doesn't want to wait anymore. It sounds like he's given up to me. It's what it sounds. I don't know what it, what are you thinking. It sounds like he's given up to me here. My Lord is calling Jesus Lord, and you cannot call Jesus Lord unless it's by the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. You cannot call Jesus Lord unless it's by the Holy Spirit. So, so far, he, he, he had the Holy Spirit in him, my brother and sisters, and shall begin to smite his fellow servant and to eat and drink with the drunkard. And right now he just abusive. And this is why I apologize to people. People say, why are you apologizing? Am I getting abusive? Am I being abusive with my message? Am I, am I hurting you and acting like I don't care about the word because I'm not supposed to be doing that? We're supposed to be loving one another. And we, we, if, if I come here angry and I preach a message that hurt you, and it's because of my anger. It's because the Bible is a sword, a two-edged sword. And I, if I come here angry and I take my sword and I begin to move my sword back and forward, sideways, and I begin to move the sword every side, don't caring who I heard, you know, I'm being careless. Because I remember that's how my pastor explained to me. But me, remember this. This word is a sword, a two-edged sword. You got to be careful with the sword. If you start throwing the sword back and forward, moving your arm back and forward with the sword, you're going to cut a few people. And this sword is a sword against the enemy. Not your brothers and sisters. And a lot of people use this sword against their brothers and sisters. Thank you, Sister Wendy. Sounds like he was giving up. It sounds like this sermon was given up to me, the same. It sounds like his attitude is like when people say, well, I don't care anymore. Giving up. Okay? So he, he began to smite. And that word smite, I believe it's out of the word beaten. Abusing his power, his authority as a minister, as a preacher, an example, as a believer. Okay? Because we're all priests, we're all priests, kingdom priests in the Lord's vineyard, in the Lord's kingdom. You and I are all, <coughs> excuse me, priests and kings. All of us here. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to tell you how I also know this. The Word explains all that to us. But this morning, in the throne of Father, I saw each and one of you with a crown on your head, 
ready to reign with Christ. And now also marvels me. The Lord wanted to show me this. My Lord, my God. Hallelujah. He's so awesome. He is so good. Thank you, Lord. Each one of you had a crown. And I could see you and identify you and see you with your crown there. Those that are going home, that are going to reign with him a thousand years, that are going to reign with Christ. It came to my mind as I was standing in heaven that we will reign with him. As he said, as he says in the book of Revelation, when he said, let no one take your crown. Don't let anyone take your crown. Thank you, Lord, because he had chosen you as a priest and queen, some are priests, some are king, to reign with him. And he has a crown for you. And it's a crown even a glory for you. And some of you had this crown of glory with Jesus. And when he showed me this, wow, what a mighty power that crown has. And you were right there next with Jesus, next to Father. As he said, as he said with his Father, you were also set with him, he says. My Lord, my God, what a mighty throne. What a mighty power in that throne, my brother and sister. And seeing the bride of Christ there with that beautiful crown and that mighty power, I knew that you're going to reign with him. His power will be on you. And the enemy won't be able to touch you in that power. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. He won. Because it's the mighty power of God in you. All the time. Once he put that crown on you, it is a power to bring nations on their knees. And if you could walk out of heaven with that crown right now to this earth, everyone will fall on their knees and will be able to move. So it's a mighty power in that crown. Thank you, Lord. He said you will reign with him, chosen you to reign with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God. What an awesome God. So again, the key to my life like to a merchantman seeking goodly pearl. And when he had found one pearl of a great price, he went and sold all that he had in body. Hallelujah. Why was Jesus willing to come down here and die for each one of us on the cross or die for you on the cross? Because you don't see the kind of pearl you are in him. Because that mystery has not been revealed to you yet. Uh-uh. 
Mm-mm. Even when the Lord showed me certain things like this, he shows it to me from a way where I have to be careful who I see because this 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 is to be revealed to you up in heaven. When you arrive, God one on one with you is going to reveal this mighty thing. But it will be because everyone will be there already in that departure rapture in front of everyone. You are some pearl of him putting a crown in you. Remember that many crowns the crown of life. My brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your God. He's so awesome. He is so awesome. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord. So again, the kingdom of heaven, Matthew twenty forty four. It's like unto the land that was cast into the sea, gathered every kind, which when it was full, he drew it to the shore, set down and gone the good into the vessel, but cast the bad away. This one doing this is the Lord. And he's been doing this for years. And this is why it's to the point, though, that the ones he has selected, elected, chosen, are the ones that are still enduring and the ones that are still persevering. How many have already quit away or died off or walked away? But notice the few still enduring and persevering. Those are the ones that the Lord chose for himself when he threw his net from heaven. And the rest, the bad one, he he cast the bad one away. Remember that when he was pulling the net, they were all coming in together. And that's what the church was before COVID. A nest of people, good and bad. And no one knew. But it took COVID into my seat for God to begin to, the Lord began to separate them. He knew that the bad will run for the bicycle. And not all, not all that took the bicycle are bad, just to be clear. But it was part of the test. And their elected one that took the bicycle that God will deal with them in the great tribulation. He's just going to have to deal with them there, work with them there, and the Lord can preserve them there. Remember, Father speaking to me about this, that as they remain faithful to him, he will protect them. And when Father protects them, the enemy cannot touch you. <coughs> so it's a process that they will have to go through. My brother insisted. But the end, God can do anything. But then those that refuse it and say, no, I'm not taking it. Because they understood that calling, how important it was. <clears throat> this was the test of life for humanity. And somebody failed the test. But the Lord knew because in his net, after he took them out of the net, he separated them. 
encamped them unto themselves. And that's why he says that the enemy will not touch them. The evil will not touch his. Because the enemy has been trying to touch his. But he says in his word that the evil one will not touch them. And I know this word, this, this will sound very, brother, this is deep. Amen. Because those he had chosen one, you see, one thing I remember was meditating on, and I'm going to go there now. Thank you, Jesus. It was John 10, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. When the Lord says, verse 2, but, let me read from verse 1. Very verily I said unto you, he that entered by the door into the shipfold, but climb out some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. And notice that, that the thief and the robbers are looking for, are looking for any other way. Not that way. Any other way, not that way, any other way possible to get in. And that's the beginning of the problem. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said, it's that way. And that's not the way they want to come in. Any other way, but not that way. But he that entered by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To hear the doorkeeper open, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and lead them out. You know what is the communication that there is within God and his sheep? And how is it that the Lord can speak to people? Hallelujah. The Lord can speak to people, his sheep, and they can understand him right away. Thank you, Lord, for that. And so when he put it for his own sheep, he go before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The reason why you know his voice is because the Lord identified himself with you already. He's in your heart. He's in your life. He's not a stranger to you. You're not a stranger to him. You even know some people say, I don't hear the voice, the voice of the Lord every day. You're still familiar with him because he lives for you as a person of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5. A stranger will they not follow, but he will free from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger. And there you go. When they come to you with another gospel, that is not in relationship with the Lord Jesus, you don't want to hear it anymore. It's a point in many. This is not about the Lord. This is about this, about this other person or about this other thing. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. You know your Lord. The Lord knows you already. Thank you, Lord. And this is why your walk has been a struggle for years. Because when you know the Lord, when you know your shepherd, and we are his sheep, when a stranger comes, <clears throat> we don't receive a stranger easy. 
because it's a stranger to us. And the voice of the stranger made no sense to us. And we don't make no sense to the stranger. To the only one that we make sense to is the Lord. The one that made sense to us is Jesus. My brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Verse 6, the parable, Jesus spoke unto them, but they understood not what, what things were there, where which I was spoken unto them. Thank you, Lord. You see that the Pharisee was thinking within themselves, what is he talking about? He didn't make sense to them because they were not serving God. They were serving the father of the devil, as Jesus said. And so their language was holy, were hell and earthly, not heavenly. It's about dressing good to make money what they have. The gospel of the Pharisee was learn the Bible, learn Torah to represent the rabbi and the temple, and then, you know, let them give you whatever they want. Let them give let them, let them give you a lot of money. It was it was so lying that Jesus rebuked them them for that. Because they never built relationship with God. They only thought about building relationship with, with the community. <clears throat> and that's not what that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is building relationship with the Lord. My brother and sister. And if you have the Son, Jesus, you have the Father. Thank you, Lord. Verse 7. They said, Jesus unto them again. Verily, verily, I said unto you, I am the door of the sheep. As Jesus said to me this morning in heaven, I am eternal life. Hallelujah. And immediately when he said this to me, I'm like, like, yes, Lord, you are eternal life. If I'm in you, you live eternally. And at that very moment, he enlightened me to understand that each and one of us, you all, live eternity, eternally. Because he said, you all. And I'm standing there watching him, listening to him. And wow. Because we, we read about him, he gives us eternity, e- e- eternal life. But he says, I am eternal life. And he's in us. That means we have eternal life already. So what is your fear about? He says, your fear is of your own flesh. I had this coughing when I went to bed. I had a really hard time sleeping. But I will go into prayer and now. But if I will fall asleep, I will repent and go back to go back to prayer repenting and praying. My brother and sister, I'm not going to let the enemy of my not being able to sleep make me feel like, well, I'm not going to pray because I'm not able to sleep. That's the light of the enemy. Don't turn to God angry because of something that's happening to you in the physical 
that the enemy is even participating on that. Because that's what the enemy likes to do with Christians, with believers. The enemy is it's, it's coming against them. They don't see the enemy. And then Satan comes beside them and says to them, look what God is doing to you. Then the persons are getting mad at God. How can you be allowing this? How can you be doing this to me? And that's the plan of the enemy, to have you turn against God. Don't do that. Don't let the enemy turn you against God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah. He's an awesome God. He is a good God. Thank you, Lord. And so I have purpose in my heart to overcome that for years. Not to let the enemy use whatever I'm going through for me to accuse God for what I'm going through. Because he, he can have you fall in a pool of your own pity and have you drink your own water of pity, accusing God for months and years. Get out of that pool and repent. Get out of that pool and repent. And enjoy the living water with the Lord. Come out of that pool of pity of, of getting mad at God for what's happening in your life. And repent and get back into relationship with him. And begin to enjoy the, the water of life from him. And much more that he has available for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We all go through it. None of us are better than others. We just we go through it, my brother and sister. And it's test and trial. Test and trial. And what the enemy calls failing is you a God making you overcome the failing. You notice that some people say, I should have been gone years away. But you're not gone years away. So what's happening? The Lord is sustaining you. That's why. His mighty hand is behind you. But sometimes, brother, I don't feel it. It's not about feeling. Our feeling gets hurt all the time. Not about feeling. It's that he is faithful, the one who called you. The one who chosen you is faithful. But how can, you know, how can he love me and keep being faithful to me when I'm being unfaithful to him? But before he, before he created the earth, he knew you. He already knew you. He knew about your unfaithfulness already. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He knows our shortcoming. You, you think you're going to surprise God? Almighty him who knows everything before a thought comes to your mind. You'll be like, God, I'm sorry. I just surprised you. You didn't know about this thought. I just, this thing that I thought about that is so wicked. Why do you think he's calling us to repent every day? Repent, he said, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Hallelujah. You want to enjoy it? You want to receive it? You want to take part of it? 
Don't let your sin, your shortcoming hold you back from receiving what I have for you, is what he's saying to us. What God has for you. The only thing keeping us from enjoying and receiving what God has for you for us is sin, our shortcoming. But if you understand that you have shortcoming, that you're not perfect yet, you're not there yet. Although you have the perfect one in you to help you, but it's because we have not truly learned to trust on him yet. That's why we keep making this mistake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I made a mistake a few, a few days ago, a week ago, I was talking to the Lord about this. I said, Lord, you know, you know I made a mistake not long ago. And he said, yes, you did. And I said, Lord, why why do I have to repeat the same mistake for you to learn? But, Lord, I don't want to repeat it anymore. That's where you depend on me to ask, to, to ask me for, to help you now, too. And I'm like, oh, so the reason I'm making that mistake again is because I have not learned in that part of my life to depend on you to help me not to do it again, Lord. Yes, he said. But, Lord, I don't want to offend you, Lord. And he was like, like, you're already dead offended, but you repented. I've forgiven you. So it's past. It's behind. It's past. That's why repentance is a gift. Wait, you say, I'm sorry, God. God forgives you. His blood cleanses you. He had no memory of it. That's why he's booked it. But the devil wants to tell you, Remember what you did last week? In the book of God, there's no memory of what you did last week because you repented. God doesn't remember anymore because he's forgiven you. Because where God is forgive and forget, which this is a problem with many people, forgiving and forget. Oh, I, I can forgive, brother. I know I can forgive. Forgive. But forgive, brother. Forgive. Oh, that's really hard. That's really hard, brother. I don't know about forget. Forgetting about it, brother. That's, well, that's what you get with the Lord. He forgives you. And forget about it. And whoa, whoa, Bible insisted. Immediately, people think, "Well, he's God. He's able to do that." Cause he, you know. He, well, that's what he wants us to practice and him and ask him to help us to do so. Oh, man, the freedom there is in, in, in forgiving and forgetting about it. The freedom there, the power that is there. I tasted some of it speaking to the Lord about this. And it was something I was going to say simple. But there's nothing simple about sin. 
Because he can forgive us because he died on the cross. And it's simple for him. But where that's in sin, it's complicated. It's the way we feel. But with the Lord, it's not complicated. All he wants us is to repent. And that's why he says, repent. Repent ye, therefore. Repent ye, therefore. Practice and follow the practice of repentance. Repent ye, therefore. Practice and follow the practice of repenting. Do this daily. Notice how repenting has to do with faith. The more you repent, the more faith you, you find yourself to have or grow and mature in it. I'll give you an example, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Because, see, what is involved without faith is sin. Lord, you are so awesome. You are so good. Hallelujah. You make the unknown known, Lord, right when we need it. The problem with thou, pride thou and unbelief, the problem with sin, thou and unbelief, goes hand by hand. And so when you repent, when you take the step to repent, you take the step to believe God. And so without faith, without you taking that, that step to repent daily, all day long if you have to, 24 hours if you have to, if you need to. Because some of us need time. We need hours to repent. Some of us. Hallelujah. Can anyone say amen? Because I'm saying amen here. I need hours to repent. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And, 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 and that time with God cannot be compromised. We cannot compromise our time with God or repentance or anything else. We have to do it. We just have to do it. Okay, Hebrews 11 says, without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Because, see, that without faith is pride down and unbelief. Sin. And if you don't take that step to repent, if you don't take that step to say, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, Lord. I can see, I can see how I sin and have done this evil before you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes we, come, we become sin justifier ourselves. Sometimes we justify our own sin. Sin is sin. And what do we say to ourselves? Oh, that was just a little thing. Sin is sin. No, no, that I only look. I only heard. I just said. I just said. God told you not to say it. No evil word to proceed out of our mouth, the Bible says. I mean gossiping. Gossiping. Not once to proceed out of our mouth. Hallelujah. No curse words to proceed out of our mouth. My brother and sister. None. That means that if we don't want them to proceed out of our mouth, we should not be watching them on television either. 
Okay? Even if you're watching, we're watching a movie about the things that were coming and all that, and there was some gossiping words, not gossiping, cursing words. And we let it run, but then we didn't watch it. And I was saying, I said in front of my children, my wife, my children, we should have not watched it. I'm so sorry. We should have not allowed that. And I began to pray. I said, Lord, please forgive us. Claim those things from my children's mind. And I began to name my children. So sorry, Lord. You know. And here's the thing. It dirties our mind and opens the door for demons to attack us. My brother and sister. And that unconscious in our in the children, the enemy can attack them while they're sleeping. How many of you heard your children screaming in the middle of the night once in a while? That you, you they're being attacked by a demon and you have to rebuke it or run to the room and like, what's going on? And they're sleeping. That's the unconscious, the demon attacking them to the unconscious of what they heard, even through cartoons. They, they have witchcrafts and sorcery, black magic and cartoons of children. And when you leave your children alone watching cartoons and they listen to it and they watch that, it contaminates them and the demon attacks them while they're sleeping. They need now, you got to teach them not to watch that. You need to repent before the Lord because you're the parent, you're the guardian. You're the guardian, legal guardian. When the police comes into your house and, and they come and, and where's your parents? I want to speak to your, your legal guardian, your parents. That's what you are before God. That means you take them before the Lord and you say, Lord, I repent for what my children have watched in the cartoon that have contaminated their body, soul, and spirit, their mind. And I ask the Lord, please forgive them and please cleanse them, Lord, with your blood from that break, any curse of the enemy, any open door, Lord, close it. Hallelujah for what you did for them on the cross. And the Lord does it. Hallelujah. The Lord does it because everything is possible with him. The Lord can do anything, my brother and sister. In that regard, you're the legal guardian. Hallelujah. And when you ask for this, the Lord will hear you. The Lord will answer you. And the Lord will do it. Thank you, Jesus. But you got to be proactive, I think. You got to practice your faith every day, regardless of what, what anybody else is doing. Because a lot of people is, or do, nobody's doing it, excuse me. Why should I be doing it? Imagine if Noah and Lot thought the same. I was meditating. The Lord showed me something awesome about Noah in the times of Lot. And I was like, why does the Bible say that in the midnight hour is when Jesus comes? Then the Lord enlightened me. It's because it's the first hour of the day, my son. After the midnight hour to God, that is the first hour of the day. And when, I, when God told Noah that he was going to destroy the earth in 40 days and 49, the first hour, in the midnight hour, that's when the ark took off from the earth. 
because that's what the beginning of the 40 day and 49. Wow. I was like jumping up and down. I didn't know this. The same thing he told the church is coming in the midnight hour. He lifted Noah, the water lifted Noah exactly at the midnight hour from the earth. And the ark up, up. When the angel went down to get lunch, Sodom and Gomorrah was also in the midnight hour because it took him all night long walking to that other place that he wanted to go to. Wow. Then I'm thinking, no wonder the Lord said it was going to be like in the days of Noah and in the days of law. Because the first day of creation begins in the midnight hour. It's the first day of creation because that's where the first hour, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning begins. And that's the time, the first day of creation, that's the, the hour he will come and visit Adam in the garden. And the dew of the morning, my brother and sisters, when God was creating in the garden, after he created Adam, he came to Adam at the same hour he's coming for his bride. Because he is the first of creation. He creates on the first. He doesn't create on the third hour, the four hours. It has to be on the first hour. My brother just said in the morning that he begins to create. He said it this way. That's why from the first day of creation to the sixth day of creation, before he rests from his work, he starts on the first hour. He started in the midnight hour and blown away. Whoa. <laughs> I never understood the midnight hour until he, he enlightened me to it. It's from the first hour. That's why when he created Adam, he created Adam at the midnight hour, and the first hour. Thank you, Lord. And listen to this. The change of the church, Jesus comes in the midnight hour, the Bible says. Doesn't that say that so-and-so? That's what Matthew 25 says, right? He comes in the midnight hour. Now listen to this. What comes until the midnight hour? The first hour. That's the first hour of creation. Why do he need to come in the midnight hour? Because that's when he comes to change and transform you and I, as he did in the garden. <laughs> his, his wisdom, his revelation is mind-blowing. We are tied to creation. We are changing and transformed also. At the same hour when he created everything. He created everything. In the first hour, including the angel and the creature in heaven, the Bible says God created the heaven and the earth. So when God created the heaven and the earth, Jesus said, I am the first from creation. On the first hour, he created all the angels and all that in heaven when he created them. He comes down to the earth to create. He created everything on the first hour because that's the beginning of the day. It's in that my blowing. So he's here early. Well, he's here, he's, here, he's here on time in the midnight hour because he's given us, you and I, a new body, a new creature. That's why the post says to the, to the Corinthians, you are a new creature, new creation. So the Lord needs to be here by that, by that first hour in the morning, the first hour of creation. 
because he's given us a new body, a new creation. That change and transformation hour, where the bride becomes glorious, that's the first hour of the day. It cannot be on the second or third hour. It has to be on the first hour. Because that's how he established it, through creation. When he created the heaven, when he created the earth, when he created everything. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my Lord. He is so awesome. He is so good. Hallelujah. Everything he has established. And this is why he chooses the day and hour. My brother and sister. Now, listen to this. This brother online, who's always preaching about the rapture, right? The Lord in heaven this morning, look what Jesus did. He, he, this part is about the rapture, but it's funny. This is funny. Okay. Let me tell you what's funny. Let me tell you what God is fun. God is fun. Your Father, our Lord, is fun. And sometimes he'll give me something. You know, to remind me about his joy and that he's fun. Thank you, Lord. He's so cool. Hallelujah. This is this is what he, he, he was giving, he was showing me from heaven. This brother was talking about the rapture down here on the earth. He had like a a board, you know the school board, but it was like kinda of small. Or was it a notebook? Either one. He was showing on his YouTube video on earth in the in the I'll say in the days to come, in the day of the rapture. The Lord's been getting him early up in the morning. And he didn't understand why. The he the Lord's been having him to stay up and do this rapture video early in the morning. And he's like, Well, I don't know, I just do he's just doing what the Lord's telling him to do. Okay. So the Lord's showing this to me in heaven. He's writing, when did he think the rapture could happen, like on the holidays? Okay, and he's pointing to the holidays that are coming. And those days which he think the rapture could happen, right? But the rapture happened right at the moment when he's doing this on earth, teaching this. The rapture happened in that very moment, right? In that very moment, he's telling the people, look, I believe the rapture can happen in these holidays. One of these holidays that are coming, like, like the Feast of Trumpet, according to the Jewish tradition, the Jewish feast, like a lot of people believe the rapture are going to happen in one of those. I can't, but the Lord, this is something with the Lord. I, I truly believe in the feast that God gave Moses. But I also think that most of the feasts were given under the law. But then I also think about some feasts that God said that will be they will celebrate forever. So then they can now be under the law. And most of the feasts, because I'm always sharing this, are established forever. So not all, I don't believe all them can be under the law. Established just under the law because how can he say forever when God knew what he was going to do? My brother and sister. So the brother saying, look, I think that the rapture is going to happen in the, in the Feast of Trumpet. And he was talking about, because it's the last trumpet, it makes sense. 
you know, and, and he had he was pointing to the day, and the very second the rapture happened, he's standing in heaven, pointing to the day of the rapture, telling the people. Uh, he says, on earth he was saying, we're going to get there, I believe, by this time. And in heaven now he says, we're there. We're there, he says. Uh, he looks around and says, we're there. We're there. We're there. It's an, Oh, my Lord. Do you get it? Do you, it's not like we're here. Because the rapture happened so quickly to him, all suddenly. Shalom, brother Miguel. Instead of saying we're here, and he was pointing, looking for the day of the rapture, but it happened before. He was not. He was saying in heaven after he got raptured, we're there. Instead of saying we're here, and it was funny the way he was saying it. He says, because he was saying, we're going to be there, I believe, before this holiday or, or by this holiday, by the Feast of Trumpet. But the rapture happened before. And in heaven, what he was saying, we're there. I started saying, we're here. Because he, he got raptured so quickly. The Lord is coming, my brother and sister. Jesus is about to return for his bride. There's not much time left. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. When he... Show me the ratio again this time. I, I couldn't, you know, no man knows the day and the hour. And since the Lord was standing with me and showed me the ratio, I couldn't look and say, well, I think it's going to be on this month or on this day. Because I, I, he showed me, like, from here to there, certain things like a sign, I would say, of time. But, you know, in the spirit, like I said year before, we cannot discern that. Okay? Thank you, Lord. But I want to say this. Is, I want to say this. If it is that we're really close, Jesus used this word to be that we are about to, we're about to come home. Okay? You're about to come home. And so... This is it. There's, there's no, you know, I I share here in the Lord's Tower. A lot of people forgot about that. And it's that last year, God allowed the Antichrist to do certain things. And he began to do them already. And a lot of people are wondering why this is happening. Let me tell you what happened to me a, a couple of days ago. Okay. A couple of days ago. My brother and sister, remember that I share I share with you, I'm going to go a few days after that, <coughs> that all the iPhone, that even those that were 4G, they, they use that technology to, keep, to get in people's brain, people's head. That is true. But the Lord came and spoke to me about it and said that even on the Android 4G, it's the same. Okay? Okay? And the Lord... So he he says that it's the same. So, okay, then I told my brother, well, if you have a knife on 4G, pray about it. Put, ask the Lord to put a hedge of protection. Just pray against it. You know, try to keep it away from you as much as you can. And, you know, Android 4G, iPhone 4G, the Lord said they, they all have brain-controlling technology or mind-controlling technology. 
This is what the Lord did a couple of mornings ago. He took me to the heavenly places where these extraterrestrials are. These beings, demons. And immediately, oh, we chose them this year to come to manifest our stuff on, on your earth. One, the, one of the boss, one of the leaders says to me, long neck, round head, big eyes. Those things that people call alien that the Lord Jesus told me repeatedly not to call them alien, that demon, he says, that fallen angel. Okay? Immediately when he sees me, oh, I, I, um, well, I'm going to give you this information. No, I said, I don't want your information. Okay? And I said, you are fallen angel. You are demon. And yes, I'm going to talk about that one. Yes, what they did in Miami. They had done in other states because they told me so. You are fallen angel. You are demon. And you're telling people you're alien from outer space. When I told them that they were demons, you should have seen their, their faces, how they, how they got shaken by it. Because they don't like to be called out. They, they love to call, be called a cute name, UFOs, my brother and sister, alien from outer space. They like those cute names. So then those are cute. You know, that's what they like to be called. My brother and sister, they don't like to be called by the real fallen angel, fallen Nephilim, fallen demon, Namala. Because that's the truth, okay, by the word of God. Okay, and that's shaking them. I really get them out of their shoes, my brother and sister. And I don't want to be called like that. I don't, I don't care what you want. One of them had the CPU, computer processor. Trillions, it can run trillions of information. And he said, oh, I'm going to give you this as a gift. And I said, look, I don't want your gift. You can take it down there with you, he says. I said, no, keep it. I don't want it, I said to him. But you can, he said, people down there will kill for this. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're killing for technology. I don't want it. I don't want it. Keep it to yourself. These things are so even wicked. They got people, and I told them, you got, you got our governments, our leaders down there. Okay, they got them like Israel in the wilderness going around in circle, not getting anywhere but the hell. Because all those that did not listen to Moses, to God, they didn't make it to the promised land. They made it to hell. And that's what they're doing with our government and our leader in office and power. They keep giving them this technology, broken, false technology, and, and having them build more CERN. I was listening, I believe it was to the radio online. Chicago has four CERN, and the mayor is already proposing two more. And I was like, what? You know all the people that need food, that need so much, and they're already proposing to have more California the same, many other states the same. Bible insisted millions and billions of uh, tax dollar money, but they don't want to give $100 million to the immigrants that are coming through the border, at least for food. You know what they can do be, behind those wall? They can build condo and apartment for those people, those immigrants, okay, and build them endless and all that desert, build them condos apartments, and move those people in there, have them create jobs 
charge them a hundred dollars a month for rent, and that will bring an income of millions of dollars a year into our economy. And it will not hurt our economy, but it will bless our economy. And give them a ten-year, twenty-year visa for them to work. How they have the privilege to do this or that, but have them being responsible to pay their own bills, support themselves, and support their children. And it will bless our nation through tax paying. They have programs like that back in the 70s and 60s in the United States. People forgotten about them. My brother insisted. But since they're spending all these billions in CERN, they're not willing to spend a few hundred million with the immigrants. So the immigrant is a problem while speaking with demons everywhere from every single state. It's a curse because it's not a blessing. It's a curse to the nation. So what deepens the nation into hell is what they're doing with these demons. It's not the immigrants that they want to prostrate or want to show on television. They got it going backwards. My brother insisted. Okay? But the Lord is about to give the blessing out of his or his church. And once the Lord removes his blessing from the earth, because each believer is a blessing, my brother insisted, they're going to feel the heaviness of sin over their lives. And it's going to be so heavy, okay, that they will want to die. But they will elude them, my brother insisted. And for seven years, these fallen beings that they have believed, they're going to feel the heaviness of the lie and the thief and much more. But because they're evil, they're wicked. All they want to do is destroy humanity. But our leader, they don't want to believe in God anymore, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of salvation. They want to believe these fallen ones. They're going to have to pay a heavy, heavy price. Their money, their trillions of dollars is not going to save them. Their gold in the bank and their silver is not going to save them. There's going to come a day very soon where they will be willing to give all their gold and, and silver and dollars and Bitcoin for the salvation of the soul. And they're going to be too late. My brother insisted. Because salvation cannot be bought with money. It can only be bought with one life, one lamb, and it's the lamp of God, Jesus Christ. My brother insisted. Their money is not going to save them. Nothing will save them but the lamp of God. Hallelujah. And he's, he, he is not happy with what he see. And God already decided to take his church out. It's been decided in heaven. And the day is approaching so fast now. The days are being made short. My brother and sisters, he's not going to leave his church to suffer a bit. Not one bit. God had put his church through testing and trial. That no one else was willing to go through. That once he started testing certain people, with the test and trial he'd been testing you and I, they began to blaspheme God and walked away. I ain't taking this. So it's not for me. My brother and sisters. Notice how they refuse to repent. They refuse to confess their sins. They refuse to come to the Lord. They refuse to commit to the Lord. They refuse to trust the Lord. 
they have rejected the Lord. And for that very reason, the Lord has rejected them. Because the Lord in his word has been very clear. In a reminder of that, hallelujah, I'm going to read in John 3, 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. But he that believeth in him is not condemned. But he that believeth in not is condemned already. Because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. The light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Okay? Their deed is their own action, their own self-action, their daily life, what they're about. And anyone who changed what they're about and become a new creature in Christ, and that all men of sin, sinful men, is going to hell, my brother and sister. It's going to hell. God is about to end. Turn the page. Because his bride is about to stand beside him with a crown on her head. A crown that will not fade, the Bible says. A crown that will not fade. You know what that means? The power that is on the crown can bring nations on their knees. And it never loses its power. Never, forever and ever. It will not fade. Every day. You're standing before God. Hallelujah. You are reigning with him. I looked at the bride. I saw the Lord at the right of Father. I walked to Father. And I grabbed my Father's hand and I began to cry. And I said, Father, at that very moment, what was in me was being shown in a screen, huge, before Father's throne. Father sitting at his throne, his huge hand. I was grabbing part of the hand, hugging it, and crying, and non- nonstop crying. And I was telling Father how much sin was on this earth. And he began to see, and I was watching like over Africa, when the migration happened every year, and all these animals migrate to one part of Africa where the fresh grass will be, and they have to cross the river, and all the alligators are there waiting for them to eat them and kill so many of them. And I'm crying, I said to Father, look how much evil along is in animals, where animals are killing one another. And all these things are happening. And Father was telling me that he didn't meant for this to be the way it was. This was not his plan, he says to me. This was not my plan, he says. 
I didn't meant for this to happen. This was not my plan. He didn't decide for things to happen this way. But he has to give, he, he, I believe is, he allowed it by choice. He meant to say. But he said it was not his plan. And he didn't meant for that to happen, Father says. Thank you, Lord. And I was asking him to change it. That it will not be anymore. But Father, what I believe is follow his own commandment, his own establishment. He said through the prophet Daniel that it will be a three and a half years and another three and a half years, all seven years together. And that has to, since it's been written, and it so has to come that way. Although I was there with him until the rapture, um, you have to wait until all plays out. But I began to see great evil from the throne. Already, besides the alligator waiting for the builder beast to come and eat them, there was another great evil arising. Demon that's been bound for a long time. And I'm glad God did not allow me to see the detail of it, but I could see their power in the water already rising. And it was like, God, okay, you don't need to see it anymore, my son. He will harm me and see that anymore. But I can see like a 360 of his throne. The bride, my brothers and sisters, with a crown, the Lord. The throne was beautiful, light. Wow, what a beautiful throne. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God's power is endless, mighty power. He rules everything for his throne. My brother existed. But he is for us. He loves us. He truly loves us. He truly is love. He comforted me. When he turned to comfort, my brother and sister, the Lord knows exactly what each one of us are going through, he says to me. He can feel what we feel. He knows exactly. He can hear us. This is why and the Lord said yes. In our conversation, we need to watch out what we say as a Christian. The Lord hears what we say. I get used to that. If I say something and I'm not sure if it's true, I said, I'm sorry. What they mean? Sorry, Lord. Because Jesus said it this way. May your yes be yes and your no be no. And anything that proceeded out of that is of the evil one, he says. Huh? So we should not be saying maybe in our vocabulary with him. Maybe. The reason why we get the word F in the Bible, because the decision is up to you and I. My brother insisted. But maybe Jesus said it has to be yes, be yes, and no, be no. Anything out of that. Proceeded out of the evil one. 
is as long as you and I live our life understanding that if we say yes, we mean yes. If we say no, we mean no. If we're not able to do someone a favor, if it's not in our power, it's better to say no, even though we may offend that person. And if we're able to do it and we say yes, we got to look forward to our commitment. Because with God, yes, it's a commitment, and no, also, it's a commitment. When we commit yes, we commit it before God. When we commit no, we commit it before him too. My brother and sister, Bible said we will give an account for every, every idle word that proceeded out of our mouth. So when we are not saying yes honestly, when we are not saying no honestly, and we go and say another word, because we think it's easier to say another word, we lie. And this is what the problem is. The God don't want us to lie. Satan is the father of all lies. Not God. Satan is. And we should not do what Satan does. Never. We need to always speak truth, even if it will cost our lives in the Lord. But God is the one who preserves our lives. Thank you, Lord. Jesus was asked, as you the Messiah of the Jewish, and what did he say? You say so because he's God. But you said the truth. Notice that? He didn't have to repeat it because he's God. He's the great I am. But he says, you say so. What you have said is exactly what I am, he was saying to them. Okay? You spoke the truth. Even though he was a sinful man, he spoke the truth when he was asked. They wanted to make him sin when they keep questioning him and he stayed quiet. But why did he remain quiet? For that very reason. Because let your yes be yes and your no be no. And if he knew, if he said more than that, he will sin. And he's a son of God. He never sinned. He know not to sin. And that's what God wants us to know. God wants us to know not to sin. Jesus knew. Jesus knows not to sin. And it's better for us to stay quiet. And even repent inwardly and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. But I'm not going to answer this person. If you know you can sin by giving a person an answer, say, I'm sorry, God, but I'm not going to answer this person. And you stay quiet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So as a believer, every day will be in tested this way. And whatever answer we give, that's the answer that we are accounted for before God as his sons and daughter, whether we have done righteous or not before him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. 
So it's better for you and I to check with the Lord every day. And how do we do that? Through repentance. Not trusting on your own merits. Not trusting on your own works. Not trusting on anything else but what Jesus did on the cross. When you go into prayer repenting every day with the Lord, as much as you need, even if it is 24 hours, and that going to be one of the preachers say it's impossible for you to pray 24 hours. Some people say, well, uh, sometimes I'm at work eight hours, 12 hours, and I'm praying in my mind. I'm repenting in my mind. Then I go home, and I got to do this for four hours, repenting in my mind. I'm cooking, I'm cleaning the house, I'm doing this, and I'm repenting in my house for any single anything. See, that's the 12 hours already. Then I got to get my children ready for school. Got to make sure the clothing are ready. Uh, put all the clothing in the washing machine and make sure all the dishes I wash on my dishes at the end of the meal after I already cooked, which I already been repenting while I was cooking. And as I'm washing all the dishes, I'm already repenting through the process of washing all the dishes because we know we sin. Thank you, Lord. And then so in the last hour of the day, I know I, I need to go to bed and all that, so I pray before I go to bed. You pray with your wife or you pray with your husband or you pray by yourself, whatever the situation is. Whether free or slave, the Bible says. So you pray and repent. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, while I'm laying in bed, I'm having a hard time going to sleep, so I'm repenting and I'm praying. Amen. So if I fled, if I slept four hours, hallelujah, and I went to bed for six hours, you pray for two. Thank you, Lord. But you actually pray more because eight hours or two hours of work, four hours while you were taking care of the children, doing all the laundry, doing all the cooking, cleaning the house. You see, time is precious. And the church of Jesus is precious. Two, my brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Psalm 45, and where I originally wanted to start tonight, Psalm 45, praise you, Lord. It says in Psalm 45, my heart is composing a goodly matter. I speak of the verse which I have made concerning the king. My tongue is, is a pen of a writer. Thank you, Lord. This is the King James. His tongue is a pen of a writer. This is Psalm 45. Some of you may be asking. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is upon thy lips. Therefore, God has blessed thee forever. Hallelujah. Are you listening to this blessing? And then you're listening to how long this blessing goes for. The tongue is the pen of the writer, the ready of the writer. And the blessing that God has given is forever. Let me keep reading. Gird, gird thy sword upon thy tie, almost mighty, with the glory and the majesty. Thank you, Lord. Verse 4. In thy majesty write purposely 
because of truth and meekness and righteousness. Remember that the bride, hallelujah, the bride, when it's completely manifest, perfect, perfect. Jesus told me this morning, heaven, perfect. I saw her perfect like him, perfect like Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In thy majesty, right purposely, because of truth and meekness and righteousness. Thy right hand shall teach thee fearsome things. Hallelujah. Pay attention to the right hand of Father, because he will teach you. He will teach you fearsome things. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Verse 6. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The sister of thy kingdom is righteous sister. Thank you, Lord. You need to remember this because you're going to reign with him. You're going to have a crown like him and reign with him forever and ever. Verse 7. Thou lovest righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellow. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. He's going to anoint you with oil. He's going to anoint you. This is the oil that he wants you to have. This is the oil he talks about in Revelation. He got it. He's given it to you. It's an oil of gladness. Above thy fellow. Above every, everybody else who doesn't have it. And believe me, there are plenty that will not have it. The bride is special. My brother and sister. She is a jewel. She is a jewel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Keep praying. Thank you, Lord. Verse 8. All thy garments smell of myrrh. It's a special smell. All thy garments smell of moral, aloe, and acacia, at the ivory palace, whereby they have made thee glad. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 9. King's daughter were among the honorable women. At thy right hand stood the queen, a goal, an offer. Hallelujah. Are you listening to this word, woman of God? Daughter of God, are you listening? Listen, daughter of God. The plan of God for you, for your life. King's daughter were among thy honorable woman. 
In thy right hand stood the queen and gold of offer as a precious stone in heaven. I don't think we have it down here. Precious, precious. That's why she looked to me in heaven this morning. Precious stone. How can you describe something that we may not even have on this earth? We probably did have. We probably did have it at one time. That's that's you, women of God, bride of Christ. Verse ten. Hearken, O daughter. Consider. Incline thy ears. For, forget also thy own people, in thy own house. The price, the price to be paid is what, how many walked away. Because there's a price to be paid. But the, the blessing that lasts forever, my brother and sister, is glorious. It begins that it's forever the blessing. Thank you, Lord. Hark you, God, daughter. Consider. Every day, you need to consider. Incline that ear. Listen. Listen to the Lord. Listen to God. Forget also thy own people. Because it's the own people that will pull you back. Hold you back. Or having that closeness relationship with the Lord. And you need to put a you need to put a line and say, Hey, we need to teach our children, our family, when I'm in prayer with the Lord, please, this is my time with God. And discipline them. You can go, Mommy, mommy, mommy. Every time you're going to go in prayer, they're calling you for something. But we need to have that discipline with the Lord. The Lord loves that discipline because he teaches us. We've we got to have it. Daddy, daddy. And then we teach them. They learn. My other son, who's 14, when my younger comes running, daddy, oh, daddy's in prayer. He knows. I've been teaching him since he's been little. It's important. Yes, you love your family. God knows. Hallelujah. But in order for you to have your mind completely, your whole total in God, serving God, paying attention to what God is saying, you're going to have to forget your own. And it's, it's and this is not like God doesn't want you to remember them no more. It's that God wants your attention when you spend time with him. Verse 11, so shall thy king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is Lord. Worship thou him. Who desire for you to be beautiful, bride of Christ? In the moment you are changing, transformed, Jesus does. Our Lord of Lord and King of King, almighty in God, desire you your beauty. He desires your beauty. 
He's looking forward to this day, like the greatest day of his life, where he changes you and transforms your, glor- your glorified body into the glorious bride he said you will be. God is not a man that he will lie. That's the desire of his heart. Give him the desire of his heart. Grant it to him. One of you two, more than anything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So shall the, cre- the king greatly, greatly. You know, when something is gray, is that it's the most important. Desire thy beauty. For he is Lord. Worship thou him, O Lord. Verse 2, the daughter of Tyrus shall be there with gift, even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. The king of the daughter, all the glory is within. Her clothing is brought, up, brought out of gold. Thank you, Lord. I see sister in heaven with gold on there, embroidered in the clothing. I know how they do that. Amazing. The king's daughter is all glorious. Just at the dress? No. Within. Everything you see about her is glorious. It's a glorious bride, he said it will be. He said it will be a glorious bride. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is brought up gold. Oh, Lord. The day approaching so fast. It's just so fast. The clock is just... Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen, time is not against you and I. As we sometimes think. Because when you receive Christ, you receive eternal life in you. Eternal life. That is a life without a clock to bother you anymore. You may have to go to work every morning. You have to get up or your clock. But in God's clock, hallelujah, you are eternal in him. When he see Christ in you, the hope of glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 13, she shall be brought unto the king and raiment, and he left work, the virgin of her companion that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. Verse 15. With gladness. Wait, wait. I mean, I think I'm reading too fast, but, okay. Um, um, I should have been coughing a lot. But I had a, a few of my brothers and sisters praying. Where's my coughing? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. <laughs> He's awesome. Thank you for your prayer. I really appreciate it. Um, with gladness and rejoicing, shall they brah, they shall enter the king palace, bride of Christ. Are you ready? Are you ready to enter with gladness and rejoicing? Hallelujah. You're going to enter the key palace with gladness and rejoicing very soon. This rapture, the pasture, 
Hallelujah. It's amazing. It's amazing. This day is amazing. It's a day of celebration. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Verse 16. Stand out thy father shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes on the earth. Hallelujah. He will make them princes on the earth. Prince. Thy children, so thy children, whom thou may prince on the earth, I feel be powerful. Powerful. The millennial kingdom of Christ. Princes on the earth. Verse 17. I will make thy name. This, this is the promise of God. This is the promise of our God. And when he makes a promise, we need to pay attention to that. He just made a, a promise that our children will be made prince. But he, he is the final promise here of Psalm 45. I will make thy name to be remembered. I remember experiencing over 33 and a half billion people on the earth during the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ. We only have eight on the earth, eight, eight billion people. That's nothing. That's nothing. Thirty-three and a half billion people on the new earth. I can't recall the year if it was 200 years, 400 years into the millennium. But you, you can now tell where all is going to go by the end of the millennium. Yeah, maybe around 100 billion people, I would think. Okay, my brother and sister, I will make thy name to be remembered. And all generations, that's what God promised. Okay? So, when they say, who, who, who is Mike? Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. He's the Lord. He he came home with the bride. He did. He has a crown. He's a king. Oh, everybody knows him. Everyone knows him. From the little one to the other one. Hallelujah. Because it's the Lord giving the crown. I seen Jesus with a crown on his side. Like with a little rope he had on the side of his garment. And I saw a crown on his hand. And I saw when the bride was coming, I want, I seen him twice, or so maybe more. He was placing the crown on the bride. They were kneeling before him. He was placing the crown. I will make thy name to be remembered. In all generations, therefore, that's what you follow, therefore, the people praise thee forever and ever. You think it's by coincidence what you've been going through? No. It's because God has a great plan for your life. Untold, unheard. But everyone will hear about it when he is done with you. Everyone will hear about it. You look at your struggle now and how difficult it's been for you. But God is looking at what he's been able to bring you through. Through your struggle, he's still working on your life and accomplishing very much 
even when sometimes we complain and say, God, where am I? Am I going to make it? Am I your servant? Am I your child, God? He is working on our lives to fulfill his word. Because he's not a man that he will lie. He's not going to make a promise about mighty angels. Mighty witness ain't not fulfilling. That's not him. He's not going to sit there in his mighty throne and make promise. He's not going to accomplish in your life. You can make sure he will because he's giving an account. He's bringing you before Father. And putting in Father's hand his finishing work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He'll say, it's finished. It's finished. My brother and sister, he said it's finished. It's finished. So the Lord reminded me is that we need to trust him. Trust him. Because I'm like, Lord, why do we feel this way? Trust me, he says. Believe. You you let doubt creep in, creep in, step in, get in it. And but you repent it. Trust me. Repent, trust me. That's another explanation for repenting. Why do we need to repent? We trust him. Why do we need to repent so much? We need to be in communion with him. Why do we need to repent so much? We need to give an account for our mistake to him. He's holding us to our lives. He's holding us to our daily life. He said that every day will bring his own trouble. He didn't say every day will bring his own blessing. He says every day will bring his own trouble. You know what the word trouble means? The word, the word trouble means. We say in Spanish, problema. Problema is a combination of many things going wrong, which that's what trouble means. Trouble means is the day is not going like you hoped for or like you expected. You get up, you get up into, in the morning and you say, I'm going to have a great day. And you get out of your car, your car breaks down. There's your day starts. And you get late to work, and your boss is writing you up. That's your the second part of your day. And your school is calling you because your kid got into a fight at work. That's the third part of your day. You gotta get, you gotta go to your boss now, and let them know you need to go pick up your children from school when you came late this morning. There goes your day. Thank you, Lord. And that's why the Bible said not to judge. Because someone comes to you, someone that has children, we all do, telling you, I'm sorry because I was busy doing this. The other person who had no children doesn't understand that sometimes part of our day. Sometimes I plan my day, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this for the Lord, I'm going to do that. And we, I, we get a phone call. You got to come and pick your, your child from school. 
I tell my wife, all right, let me go pick up my son. And then that will be my daughter. They're all three in different school. We got to drive different way to go pick them up. And whatever it is. And if they're sick for a cold or anything, you have to make an appointment with the doctor to get enough for the school. In order so they don't count the day to fail your children at the end of the year. Because one thing brings another problem. I thank God that the doctor that my children have, we told them we don't want to swap for the children, neither the bicycle, COVID bicycle, neither. And they understand that and they respect that, my brother and sister. So there's so much thing happening that I don't use them as an excuse not to do what I need to do in my ministry. But there's a lot of things happening. And sometimes we're like, Lord, <coughs> And he knows all this, but he helps us. That's what the Lord wants us to learn, to say, Lord, help me with this. Help me with my children. Lord, every, everything, let it be known unto the Lord to prayer in supplication, the Bible says. In other words, instead of complaining like the children of Israel in the wilderness, pray about it like Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron will go before the ark when the children of Israel will complain to them, and death respect them. I noticed in the, in the tone of voice they used against Moses and Aaron, they, they were totally disrespecting them. These men, they call them. That's a disrespect. They don't even call them men of God. They call them like a heathen. That's a disrespect to Moses and Aaron. They still went before the ark in prayer, looking for an answer from God. They learned to see God for every single problem. That means they learn to depend on God on their own personal relationship. And, yeah, most of us doing it because God told him to, God set him as a leader, and God was sending him to Pharaoh in the beginning. And we noticed that Moses, by Exodus 10, he had it with Pharaoh. When Pharaoh said, you will not see me no more, Moses said, I, I will not see you anymore. Moses had it. But you know what? God worked with Moses, and Moses realized that it was not about doing what God was sending you to do alone. It's that in the process of you obeying God, you learn to have a greater relationship with him. God will have us do something repeatedly. You know why? For us to learn. His will be done in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. And the only way we can learn his will be done in our lives is by us coming to him for whatever reason, not just for what we need, for whatever reason. And what the Lord loves for us to do is intercede for other people. Yes, he likes us to talk about our problem with him. That's fine. But that's not what the whole conversation is about. Maybe that's what's missing in your life. It's you bringing other people in prayer to him and say, Lord, be, you're going to find a pastor share this with me. He has a powerful ministry. And he was telling me this, Brother Elvie, um, a lot of people say, oh, pastor, you've been so blessed. Your wife, your children, everything is fine. God has blessed you. And he was telling me in his office, we were sitting down, he was telling this with me. He said, Pastor Elby, I want to share this with you. 
You know that I usually don't request anything from the Lord about myself, he says, which I thought it was very strange because I, I think that we should all ask the Lord for things. I mean, prayer, prayer requests. He says, you know what I do, brother, that I learn? Instead of going for me, like I said, my, like my financial need, I go for someone else who has a greater financial need than me. And you know what I notice? Because I'm interceding for that person before the Lord, I get my petition answered. And I'm like, I, I've been meditating on this for, for years, as you told me, this, four or five years ago. You know, since I visited him. Because he shared this with me, you know, in one-on-one. In -on -one. He says, I, I, I don't worry about, I, God take care of me and my family, he says. I, I, my prayer is for those that need financial needs, health need, you know, salvation. Whatever they need, I, that's what I focus on in prayer, he says. That's it. Nothing about me. And I go there for my hours. I finish my prayer. I read the Bible. I praise him. You know, sometimes I'm there four and five hours, he says. And, hey, my day goes by. Comes a time when I got to go to church, call the people, you, you get everyone together, do the service, and all that. But I already have been five, five and six hours with the Lord. Made my request for the need of the people. <clears throat> Never having to ask God for anything for my life, he says. And he provides it all. And just like what Jesus said. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, it is better to give than to receive. That. A lot of people have not got there yet. If you ask people, what, what do you think about giving is better than receiving? You know? Because to the flesh, nothing offends. To the spirit, it's a blessing. But to the flesh, it's an offense. Shalom to those that have to leave because I know they got to go to work tomorrow morning. Amen. It's almost done. I'm going to play an audio. I had a really couple audio to play, but thank you, Lord. Okay, so what would be better? Uh, so, so some people th thinking is that the Lord would have been better saying it is better to receive than to give. But that's not what he said. He said it's better to give than to receive. And anyone who's been giving will tell you the blessing of giving on their lives. That they've never been so blessed since they started giving. That because before they started giving, they they were not blessed. And they began to be a blessed after they started giving. So that is something you have to experience than just saying it. If I say it, some people, oh, he's asking. No. No. My dependent is on the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he's been faithful. And he said, those that love me will save you. So I don't have a problem. The Lord takes care of us faithfully. 
And if I complain one day, he'll call me and say, why are you complaining? I take care of you and your family. And he has. I can never complain. I can never say I don't have enough. I can never say those words. Never. I'll be a liar if I do. Tremendous liar. The Lord will call me out before his throne, before you, the bride, anybody else, and say, let me call this liar before you. I bless him and his family to do my work. What complaint do you have? No, no, Lord. No. Joel had to quiet his own mouth. Thank you, Shalom. Job, you know, right when you want to finish, hallelujah, <laughs> praise you, Lord. There might be someone who needs to hear this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Job said, Behold, I am vile. Why should I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. <laughs> you know, that's a kind, that's a kindly expression. Some people say, I will keep my mouth shut, God. <laughs> Joe used a kindly expression. I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Boop, quiet. A kindly expression. I better keep myself quiet, some people always say. I better shut up. I better be quiet, some other people may say. I better not say anything. I don't know what expression you would say. I noticed that people, even here from the United States, from people from Florida using one form, form of word. People from Minnesota will use another form. People from Texas will use another form. People from Maine will use another form of language, speech of language, and so everybody used their own form of speech of language. And Job in his own kindness, a kind man, he says, I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Some people I know say, oh, I'll shut up, I'll shut up. You know, kind of sound rude, but that's kind of how they express themselves, Barbara and sister. Can anybody else tell me how you're saying in your state where you live right now? Even some people in your country, how you... Joe said he'll lay his hand upon his mouth. Some people said they'll shut up. And, you know, it, it's just something for us to learn that sometimes it's better to be in quiet in certain situations because God, God is almighty, all-powerful. Keep my peace. Oh, I love that one. Thank you for sharing Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Because we don't realize what we do when we complain. We contend with the Almighty. Listen, verse 40, Job 2. Uh, I'll start from one. Moreover, the Lord asked Job and said, Shall he that contend with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproved God, let him answer it. Hallelujah. And this is what God is saying to us. Are you going to <laughs> are you going to 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 rebuke God? Because the way that some people speak about certain situations is like 
God should have not done that. Or God should have not happened that way. But God is in control. God is in control. Remember that. Zip it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. And no, that is actually saying it to ourselves because it's our lay. It's a part of its own self. Like we need to keep it quiet ourselves in certain situations because sometimes we don't have all the information, and God knows everything. So, what I learned from the Lord is, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. You know everything. I don't know, and that pleases the Lord. One time, I think I remember saying that to the Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry for what I said. I'm so sorry. I don't know, Lord. You know everything. Notice that pleases the Lord that I say it that way. That instead of me saying, well, you know, what about this? What about that? You know, thank you, Lord. And he'll, he'll help us. He's, he's awesome. He is good. He is for us. He's never against us. So you notice that, you know, he, he brings me to heaven. Thank you, Lord. And hallelujah, he, praise you, Lord. It's so merciful, so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Someone would, would, would sister, were given a word that United States uh, may not be the same. This is the one I'm going to play in a few. There's been a few words put out for the United States. I have not heard the word, but I know she's a prophet of the Lord. So um, the Lord usually gives us a word, heard a word for the country. Amen. So I hope the program has blessed you tonight. I I didn't think I was going to do two hours or no more than one, but so I did two and a half. God mercy. It's on my life. Thank you for the prayer. God willing, we'll be here uh, Tuesday nine again, sharing God's word and God's revelation. Whatever, whatever the Lord gives me to share, Hallelujah! I'm going to share, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. I will do my best not to hold anything back. And if I did, Lord, please forgive me. Be merciful on me, O oh Lord. Hallelujah! Because let His will. Be down the earth after this in heaven. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Deacon Up coming to you again from Power in Unity Ministries. I just got back from the store, been out of ink on my printer, just one thing after another, keeping me from getting back to you. And I said to myself, before I even breathe another breath, I am going to that computer and give the word of God that he has given to me to the people to encourage you today to know that Jesus is on his way. To begin with today, I want to come against the enemy with everything I've got in me, the anointing and the power and the authority that I have in Jesus' name, that you have in Jesus' name. Join with me as we come against the powers of evil that cause sickness, disease, affliction, or illness in the body of Christ. I come against spirit of cancer, and I curse it at the root that it will die as the fig tree died. I come against um, 
spleen. That's what keeps coming to my mind, the spleen and sugar diabetes, Lord God. It is does not belong in the body of Christ. And I come against heart disease in every way, shape, or form. I come against lung disease in Jesus' name, that you will purify the lungs, oh God. You will purify the heart and make it new again. You will cause these demonic plagues to leave the body of Christ, to leave the body of Christ. I come against crippling arthritis, Lord God, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, Lord God, those who have been afflicted, oh God, whether it be in their back, whether it be in their legs, whether it be in their hands, their feet, it doesn't matter. I come against it all and cause it to die and flush out of the system. In Jesus' name, the most powerful name in heaven and earth, not only in this age, but in all ages to come. The one who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. In Jesus' name, we come against the afflictions that attack the body of Christ to weaken her. But we are strong in Jesus because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. My Lord and my God, as you walked by that big tree and you wanted something to eat and it had not bearing fruit, the enemy is trying to keep the body of Christ from bearing fruit. And you curse that tree. We curse those diseases, Lord. Each and every one of them will fail and they will pour out of the body just like it should. And the body will be made whole and complete through the power of Jesus' name. You believe this, pray with me today. If you believe this, claim it today. Claim it. Speak it out into the atmosphere around you. I am no longer filled with cancer. I no longer have heart disease. I no longer have have diabetes. I no longer have arthritis in my body. But the power of the name of Jesus Christ has released me from these plagues that the enemy would like to stop me with. In the name of Jesus, we pray that prayer against the enemy today and for you. Reach out and claim it today. Reach out and grab hold of the word of God. For in that hour, he said, I poured out my, I wore stripes on my body and I poured out my blood. Not just for the healing of the body, but the healing of the soul and the healing of the spirit. That all comes together because when the mind, the, the soul of man is attacked, it causes the body to be attacked. And then the spirit gets low. So it all works together. But Jesus. He bore 39 stripes, and there is not a disease, an illness, affliction, or any type of disease that doesn't fit in those 39 stripes. He paid it all. He paid it all, people. Glory be to his holy name. Hallelujah. I just felt like I needed to pray. A lot of times I don't come on and pray because I'm trying to stay within a time limit. But I'm going to stop timing God. 
If he wants to go 30 minutes, if he wants to go 40 minutes or 45 an hour. I know people don't have time, a lot of time to sit in to listen. That's why I try to keep it at a minimum. But, you know, when you're driving to work, a lot of times it takes you 15, 20, 30 minutes to even drive. You can listen to me there. You don't have to watch me. Actually, if you watch some of these videos, you see such funny faces, you would have to smile or laugh or at least smile because of the way it shows up on the video. I haven't learned how to do that yet. But anyway, in saying all that, the disease does not belong in the body of Christ. And there is coming a time that we will walk in such glory as that cloud comes down and touches the earth that all illness, sickness, and disease will flush out of every system. And we will walk in the authority of the name of Jesus in all his power and his authority with all boldness, hand in hand. We will cross this land for Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God. That's the Holy Spirit's word to you today, because that is not in what he'd have me tell you today. Hallelujah. So anyway, in saying all that, let me get into the word that he has given me two days ago. And I'm like, Lord, why am I holding out here? Why am I not getting on here and telling the people what you have said? All because my computer was down with ink. We're going to get an upgrade. We're going to get an upgrade by God's grace. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace that covers us every day. We don't have to be concerned. All we have to do is know who to call on today, and that is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All power in heaven and on earth is in the name of Jesus. Whatever you're facing, whatever valley you might be in, whatever struggle might be coming against your body, your soul, or your spirit, just say the name of Jesus. You don't feel anything. You don't have to feel. We don't live on feelings. They're deceptive. Don't, that is not saying we don't know, feel the power of God and know the authority of him in us. But what I'm saying is you can't live on that. But you can live on the name of Jesus. Jesus. Keep repeating it over and over. You don't have to even say the name of Jesus. You just have to say the word Jesus. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our Christ. He is God within us. For greater is he that is in you. And who is in you? The hope of glory. You're going to hear this in his word today. This is what he has to say. I am the God of yesteryear. I bottle up every prayer and tear. When Satan fell to earth, the earth was cursed. I came the curse to reverse. I came as a baby and I grew as you. I was tried and tempted too. I allowed them to hang me on a tree so that I could deliver thee. A lot happens that we don't understand, but I came to save fallen man. Only through spiritual eyes can you see that God who created all the galaxies, a time 
I set a timeline in order. Angels ride on the wings to each corner. Time vanishes in me, for I am the God of all eternity. Time means nothing to him. It vanishes in him. There may be timelines set in the world that we live in, but he set them. But when he comes, when he comes and that glory cloud begins to sit upon the earth, time will vanish. Disease will vanish. Power and authority will be recognized as we walk in his power, in his name. Ooh, hallelujah, Messiah. Only through spiritual eyes can you see the God who created the galaxies. I set timelines in order. Angels ride on the wind, in the wind to each corner. Time vanishes in me, for I am the God of all eternity. Because our timelines timeline differ, faith sometimes begins to quiver. You begin seeing through your natural eye instead of seeing where I abide. Greater is he in you than the enemy tries to hide. That the enemy tries to hide. That above those dark clouds, you can fly. I am who I am. There is none like me. This is the generation more of my glory will see. My body died on the cross that day, and in the grave three days it lay. During that time, I took the keys of hell, and now I say to you, all is well. Ooh, Shandai. Oh, Halamohe. Do you hear what he had to say? Greater is he in you. The enemy tries to hide when he knows above the dark clouds you can fly. I am who I am. There is none like me. This is the generation of more of my glory you will see. My body died. From the cross on the cross that day and in the grave, three days it lay. During that time, I took the keys of hell. And now I can say to you, all is well. Praise God. More of my glory you will taste as you continue to run your earthly race. As you draw close to me, you will see earth touch, heaven touch earth, changing it one degree. What does that mean in God's time? 2024 will be a great year. I am changing into another gear. My glory cloud coming down, I'm going to change things all around. Things will not be the same, for evil will no longer reign. Woo, hallelujah. As love grows, evil will like wax melt as I reverse who has the wealth. My church love and harmony spread as they taste more of my heavenly bread. As they draw close to me, I refine, giving them more of my heavenly wine. 
This is not a time to be sad, but a time to be glad. We are coming back to righteous ways with freedom, Jesus, we will boldly praise. A time when many who were deceived now on Jesus do believe. Many released from their bondage of sin, now in Christ, new life they begin. Listen, the flag with stars and stripes for freedom many did fight. The United States may not be the same as the number of it I rearrange. Within these poems, he speaks wisdom and revelation. As the waters move back and the land appears, I hold man in my image, oh so dear. I gave you a land of the brave and free, so in freedom you could worship me. Bound by heaven's laws and not man's will, but to walk in love and be Holy Ghost filled. America back on track, and that's a fact. Evil yields and bends as we worship the truth and the amen. Faith arises and evil is broke. Our lives again are filled with hope. Come close and follow me, and you will be like a tree. That is planted by the water of life, where your lamp will burn, oh, so bright, my Lord and my God. If that doesn't lift your spirit, nothing will, my Lord and my God. Hope will be revived as Jesus comes down from the sky, and he walks among us in his glory cloud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, healing all the wounds of the body, the soul, and the spirit. My Lord and my God. These are the scriptures he's given for me to give to you today. And I'm going to end by speaking it out of the word. Hallelujah. John 12, 38 says, while you have the light, believe in the light, and you will become the sons of light. Many who were deceived now on Jesus will believe. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. And he was thee. Whosoever believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. If you don't know him today, All you have to say is, Lord, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Wash me clean with your precious blood that you shed on Calvary. Then mold me, make me, fill me, and use me for your kingdom work. And all things are washed away off the books in heaven. And all things become new. In Christ Jesus, and there is therefore now no condemnation in you. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. 
a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, nor does a light, you, does a light on a lamp, nor do you put a, the light on a lamp under a bushel, but on a lampstand that it will give light to all those who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is not for you to receive honor and glory, but for him to receive all honor and glory. For he it is that works through you. Hallelujah. It is not in your strength you walk, but in his strength you walk. It is he who lives in you, not you anymore. Your DNA was changed that day you received him. It is no longer you who live, but Christ lives in and works through you. Isaiah 54, 4 says, for since the beginning of the world, man has not heard nor received by his ear nor seen with his eye any God, that what God has in stores for those who love him. Praise God. It comes right in with Paul, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. In in, uh, Isaiah, it says, for those who wait upon him. We're not servants. We are friends of Christ. Praise God. We're not slaves. We are servants to the king of kings and the Lord of lords because we want to. He doesn't want, he doesn't make us do anything. It's just like churches that no longer want the Holy Spirit to come in because they believe that this written word took the place of the Holy Spirit. Or they just don't want that power flowing anymore. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He won't go where he's not wanted. But if you want him with every fiber of your being, if you desire him with every breath you take, He will come in and make his abode in your body and give you that power that they had on the day of Pentecost. Revelation 16, 64. Oh, I got that back. I got it written down here wrong. Sinful man as a whole are are ignorant, have yet to conceive what God has done through Christ. Man, with his natural mind, cannot conceive what Christ did on the cross, what God did when he gave his only begotten son. The power and the authority that we receive through his name. As he said in the prayer that I prayed, and it was his words, not mine, but he brought that out, that Christ Name has more power and authority here on in this age and the one to come on heaven and in earth. And all dominion, power, might, and authorities are under his feet. Therefore, they're under our feet. That's what he wants us to know. Psalms 8, 4 through 8 says, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man, that you would visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory 
and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. They're under the feet of Jesus. They are under the feet, your feet. Hallelujah. He gave Adam dominion over all things in the garden. Adam sinned, lost it. But when Jesus died on the cross, he reversed the curse. He reversed the curse. The power of God giving his son and his son giving his life cannot and has yet to be conceived in the heart of man. All that it represents. May we draw closer to him as he said twice, maybe three times in this word today. Draw close to me and you will see. Draw close to me and I will refine you. Draw close to me and I will show you things to come. My Lord and my God. I want to end this session with the word that he asked me to preach. He said, I want you to speak it out of the word. Don't write it down like you did with the others, but speak it out of the word. And that's what I want to do and end this with you. Oh, Lord, this is Psalms 139, and I believe it goes through uh, 1 through 17. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. There's nothing hid from God. Listen, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts are far off. He knows them before you think them. You comprehend my path and my laying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. My Lord and my God, forgive us of so many things we say and should not. Because he hears it and he knows. Listen to this. You have hedged me behind and before. And what that word hedge means is you have enclosed me. (laughs) You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. In Isaiah 52, I believe it's the 12th verse, he said, I am your rear guard, God said, and I walk before you. I lead you, and God guards you from behind. Saying the same thing here. You have hedged me. You have enclosed me before and behind. And such power, such knowledge, such revelation, my heart, my mind cannot grasp that God who can do that. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me, my Lord and my God. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light 
about me. Behold, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike in you. Myeloshundai, light, darkness becomes light in him because it hides, it, 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 it deteriorates, it melts like wax. It becomes no more. My Lord and my God, how powerful his word is. For you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. He formed you in your mother's womb. I don't know if those words are coming in this thing, but I'm going to, if they don't, I'm going to speak them to you. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame is not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, the days fashioned for me. I'm sorry, I left well. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet they had, there was none of them. You hear what he's saying? He knitted every part. He formed you in the, in your mother's womb. He knitted together you in your mother's womb. Every part of God is in something. Everything contains a part of God. Maybe that's a better way to say it. And then at the end, he says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than numbers of the sands of the sea. My Lord and my God, he's the God of all galaxies. We cannot confine him just to this earth. We cannot box him in because he's too great. That's what we do a lot of times. He, we, we, we are reared with um, uh, man's laws in our churches telling us we can do this and we can't do that. To, do the, to be a member of this congregation, you have to abide by our rules. When we be, should be submitted all, every one of us should be submitted to his rules. Praise God. Some of us go all the way. Some of us don't. Some of us try to box him into our little four walls of our church. And I love everybody. I don't care what you call yourself. God calls you his children. God calls you his saints. God calls you his people. And we all have to love one another to, and live to, in harmony to one another. He spoke that all in his word today. Love and harmony, my people, will spread as I feed them more of my heavenly bread. Glory be to God forevermore. 
hear his words today. Be encouraged by his words today. He loves you more than you can imagine. He formed you. He, the day of your birth was was given before your time you were ever born. For you were in the Father before you were formed in the womb of your mother. Can you comprehend that greatness and that awesomeness of the God of all creativity and all galaxies? My Lord and my God, my mind just gets blown when I start thinking about this kind of thing, how awesome and vast he is. And he cares so much for the creation in his image. He holds them oh so dear. My Lord and my God, what more can I say? I love you more than anything today. I hope I encouraged you with this word. I know God loves you and it's his word, not mine. It's his word to you. Be encouraged. Let your hopes and dreams come alive. He's already started speaking to me. Probably again tomorrow I'll be giving it. I don't know, but I hope so. Every day, if he would just give it to me for you, I would want to to give it. Things get in the way sometimes. And I, I try not to let them, but life is life, and things do get in the way sometimes. God knows all about it. He knew all about this timeline between these two, last two, and I don't want it to be that far apart again because we need to hear from God every day. We need to be encouraged every day. And what you're seeing now with the natural eye has nothing to do with what's going on on the inside. I can hear the rumbling and the, and the, you know, you can't see it with the natural eye, but you could see moving and grooving in the background, changing things. And they're going to be changed. Earth will never be the same. Things will never go back to like they were. Because God is creating something new in you. Praise his holy name. Got to go. I love you dearly, but God loves you so much more.